What is going on, ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of Talk To Me. You know it as the show where I get my friends to talk to me. Listen, I've got a little bit of an intro for this episode because a couple of things went wrong and they're all my fault. Um, first off, I ended the interview way too early and um, Mrs. Thomas reminded me of a topic that I really wanted to talk about, so we jumped back in. As we jumped back in and did that, I completely forgot to uh, readjust my camera, so all you saw me was from chest up. So you'll see at the end of the video, you're not really going to be seeing me, you'll just see a photo of me smiling at the camera, um, because that's all I could come up with. As well as that, um, the audio might be a little bit off, because we were in a working classroom, uh, we were in a working primary school with teachers working all over the place, so that was one of the cool things about this interview, was we're actually in the primary school where... I grew up, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Talk To Me and learning a little bit about Sue Thomas. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Talk To Me, the show where I get my friends to talk to me. Today, I've got Mrs. Thomas, Mrs. Sue Thomas. I can't call you Sue. It's not happening. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm spectacular. Thank you so much for saying yes. I don't know how this happened. I don't know why this happened. My mum actually uh, sorted this out for us. Yeah, your mum's pretty good. She's great. She's <laughs> sitting in the room and she's uh, our new talent scout. Thanks for that, mum. But for people who don't know you, you were my uh, primary school head of school teacher. I was, yes. So I've known you since you were quite little. Very little. How was it having me as a student? Well, you were pretty good, actually. You think so? Yeah. Uh, we always have ones that we remember more than others, because uh -huh. uh, we have a connection to your family. So. Okay, so it's not because I did anything too bad or anything no, like that? you didn't do anything too bad. I'm going to move this closer to you just in case, because I normally make that mistake. But um, I heard the words favourite student. Yeah, one of. Right. One of. One of your favourite <laughs> students. Okay, can I get you to look in that camera and just say that real quick? One of my favourite students. There we go. <laughs> we got that. That's on the record. Um <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. Um, this one's different, ladies and gents, because we're actually in the primary school that I grew up in. How long have you been working here now? <laughs> uh, uh, 2001. 2001. Yeah. Wow. Since, but not as the head of primary. Head of primary was? About 10 years now. Okay. I'm pretty sure you became head of primary when I was a student here. Yeah, so Mrs. Cruz retired mm -hmm. and then I replaced her, but I was already working here. Okay. Time, and what brought you here? What brought you to this school? Uh, well, my son, mm -hmm. I was looking for a good school for my son, and so I enrolled him, but at that time I was a pathology technician. Okay. Pathology lab. Really? Yes, I was. So, yes, this is my second or third career, almost. Uh-huh. So, when he was a student here, and uh, I was looking for something different to do, because working in the lab is not very family-friendly, mm -hmm. very long hours and on-call and things like that, so I decided to do a library degree. And so okay. I, while I was studying my library degree, I was working here part-time and I set up the library. That's it. The library that's here today. I planned it and set it all up. Okay. So, and then it just went from yeah, there? You just... Just, yeah, just led to here. Never wanted to be a teacher. Uh-huh. Wasn't ever on the list On the radar? Things. Yeah, but here I am. So, why teaching? Like, why did you fall in love with it? Well, the best thing about it is the kids. I remember Mr Nyingal asking me, you know, bef before I was doing the teaching degree, oh, are you interested in teaching here? And I went, no. 
Uh, you know, I was set on just being a librarian in a library and at most a teacher librarian where you're in the library and you see the kids, you know, once or twice a day. Yep. But God sometimes has a different plan, a different path for us and the, then we won't. So we just followed that. And, and thank God you did because you ended up being one of the best teachers we ever had. Yeah. And um, so it just went that way and it just slowly progressed. Yeah, it was a very slow progression. So mm-hmm. Mrs uh, Cruz was here. You remember yep. Mrs Cruz? Of course. So she was the head of the primary. And I, like I said, I started off volunteering as a parent because mm-hmm. I was still working in the lab uh, for high school. I used to listen to reading and help the kids that needed help there. And at that point, high school was in this room. Okay. The primary was across the road. Wow, so you've seen this place really grow and flourish and turn into what it is. So the building at the back where the library is, that wasn't here. Mm-hmm. And so I used to come in here, listen to some of the high school kids read before work and then you know, go to the lab. And like I said, when I decided I needed to do something else, uh, I started doing the library degree. They asked me to come and help a bit more and to set up a library, a proper library, because oh. before the back of the classroom there, that was the library. Yes, it was. Yes. I tripped out when I realised that that's now the teacher's sort of area. Yeah, that's where we call them the Supremes. They sit up high. <laughs> <laughs> They're just watching over all yeah, the students. Nice. That would be intimidating, though. I don't think I could get away with anything with you guys sitting up there. Not much. You know, they're, they're pretty vigilant. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so after setting up the library, I just worked here part-time because I was studying distance to mm-hmm. do the library degree and then when I finished Mrs Cruz asked me to work here um, full-time and consider doing a teaching degree and so eventually that's what I did. Wow and it just snowballed from there. Now I'm going to the end of our notes and everything but what is it about Sherwood Hills that's different? Oh uh, well this is uh, like a hybrid school so there's two yeah. distinct forms of learning mm-hmm. so we have the student directed which is based on the um, ACE education system which is accelerated christian education yep and the kids work in their own offices at their own pace so it's very independent learning Mm -hmm. Uh, and so they're able to progress in things they're more confident in and get extra help if they need it and then the other part is a traditional teacher directed where they go into a classroom and the teacher leads the lesson Mm. so that's pretty unique yeah primary schools uh, to do that, so we have t- those two areas, and the other difference is in most primary schools, the kids stay in the one classroom with the one teacher all the time, and the teacher teaches all of those main KLA subjects. Mm-hmm. With us, we teach by subject. So if I'm teaching literacy, I'll teach literacy to years three, four, five, and six, and they'll come into my classroom. They're really getting that high school experience pretty it's, young. Yeah, it's based on the secondary one where you travel around. Yep to class to class and that's what we do here a smaller version mm-hmm. uh, but yeah that's what we do and how do you find that as a head teacher looking at how you guys run things because it's very different. it's very different how do you find that in the uh, growth of a kid well the benefits are so if I'm teaching year three and then I have the same group in year four five and six I know everything about them well and yeah. I know everything I've taught them I know everything they've learned I know which kids have mastered skills and concepts which kids need a bit more help and so everything I teach them is relevant Mm. because I know exactly what has come before and so that's the same with all our subjects you know so we get to know the kids really well and then we really understand what they need to learn and what they've already learned there's Mr Nightingale there's there's the principal right there just walking down (laughs) this is a very different one ladies and gents this is actually a live place it's all running the teachers are still working (laughs) <laughs> Hello, sir. Hello. It's 
good to see you. Candid camera. <laughs> um, well, I guess being a student, that's the one thing I remembered is seeing every single teacher every single year because I started off at a traditional primary school and you get one teacher every single year and that's open and closed. But coming here from years four to six, I had everyone and I sort of, now that you say it that way, I understand the the education I got because you knew what I was doing every single year. And we usually start work on the day one mm. of the year. So in most schools, they have you know, two, three, often a week, where they're sorting them into new classes and the teacher gets to know the kids and they have to do all of that before they actually start work. The intro stuff. Yeah, but we generally skip that. Day one, we work because uh-huh. it's just a continuation of the next year. The kids are have moved up, but they've still got the same teacher. Yeah. So in a lot of other schools, teachers will teach a different year all of the time. They yeah. could go kindy one year, year five next year, then year three. Mm-hmm. So they don't travel with their kids. But you know, I've travelled with kids from year one all the way up to year six. Yeah. So by, you, know, you get to know them really well. And you get to know what their strengths and their weaknesses yeah. are and how to work on that. That's right, yeah, and what they enjoy. I mean, kids will always learn more if they think it's relevant to mm-hmm. them. You get to know them and what they think is relevant, and uh, they have a voice. So even in that, I guess, classroom setting, you're still trying to personalise each lesson oh. for each kid. So it's very personalised. That's, I mean, we are a small school, mm-hmm. and so one of the benefits of that is we have smaller class sizes, so we can personalise a little bit more, mm. uh, and we can sort of focus on areas that the kids put forward. So I'll often ask for their input when I'm designing lessons, you know, what sort of things interest you, what do you want to work on more, and I incorporate that in there so that they feel some ownership of what they're learning. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Another thing that I did remember from my schooling days, um, I think the biggest thing I took from this place was how focused you guys are on giving the kids the gospel and presenting them with the Bible. Why is that so important in a schooling environment? We are like a ministry of the church Mm -hmm. and the ACE system is based on Christian education. So that's embedded in the kids' workbooks. So they're Mm -hmm. called uh, PACES, as you know. So that's a packet of work. And the Bible is spread all through that. So it's embedded. It's Mm -hmm. integral to it. And a lot of people send their children here. That's the main reason. They want them in an environment that reinforces what they're teaching their kids at home. Yeah. And so it's a really important component of our culture in our school. And do you find that to be a positive in the other areas of the school as well, in teaching in general? very much so. Yeah? I mean, so um, we're very structured compared to a lot of other schools Mm -hmm. in regards to the way the kids need to speak and dress and and their manners and things like that. That's expected that they are going to behave that way. Yeah. And the kids, they know that, and it's amazing how they respond. That's awesome. That's really cool. I mean, I'm just talking from experience because I came here for three years in primary school. Um, it feels weird sitting at this desk and not being in trouble. So that's a cool part. <laughs> you were hardly ever in trouble. I don't know. I remember <laughs> a little bit differently. Um, but as a whole, Sherwood Hills as a whole, what would you say is the biggest positive of this place? And well, definitely the culture. Okay. So and how personal it is. So we just we don't just get to know the kids, but often the families, like the whole family. So it's like a tripod of learning. The parents, the ch- the teachers, and the church mm-hmm. are all working together to educate. 
for children. So we see it as a whole. You really take, yeah, you're really taking that it takes a village to raise a child thing literally. Yes, so we like to involve the parents as much as possible, like in their learning and, mm-hmm. and being aware of what's happening with the kids uh, so that they understand as well. And if the children know that the parents and the teachers are working together, yep. then that reinforces what we're trying to do. That's awesome. That's really cool. But let's take it back to you. So how did you become a Christian in the first place? Let's take it back uh, there. Well, my uncle mm-hmm. was, before he retired, retired a minister for the Church of Christ. So okay. <coughs> Excuse me. So I sort of don't ever remember not going to Sunday school. Yeah. We always went to his church and Sunday school. And even after they moved further away, um, we continued to go to church. And then I was um, saved and baptised when I was 13. Oh, really? Okay, so you're 13 years old. Do you remember the details of that event? Yeah, so we were attending a church at um, Fairfield mm-hmm. at the time and um, I, I was with my grandmother on that day mm-hmm. and she yeah, was baptised in the church and, yeah, I remember that. Wow. It was like a very special day and uh, I'm the young... Well, without the one group of cousins, I'm the youngest. So there's five girls, cousins, and I'm wow. the youngest. So okay. I was like the last... Like, yep. So it went sort of by age, all, all around 13, because the Church of Christ believes that you need to be old enough to make okay. that decision yourself yeah, for sure. and understand the decision you're making. For sure. So it's always, uh, they, they don't do christenings of children, yeah. like when they're young or born, or, and they don't baptise children when they're really young. Okay. It's about having that belief yourself, understanding it before you make that decision. So did you grow up in the Fairfield area? Yeah, so, well, we moved around a lot. So a lot of it was in Guildford, Fairfield. I actually went to six different primary schools. Oh, dead set. So my parents were like a bit of a gypsy. So <laughs> the furthest I lived away was Aubrey. Okay. Uh, Aubrey Wodonga, which is down on the border with Victoria. Yeah, wow. And, but mainly around the Guildford, Fairfield area. And then when I was started year eight, we mm-hmm. moved to Ingleburn. Okay. And so I finished school at Ingleburn High School. That's where I graduated from. All right, so you've been in Campbelltown pretty much ever yeah. since? How do you find it here? Um, look, I like it personally. It's yeah. changed a lot uh, over the years. When I first moved to Ingleburn, mm. there was one shop in Minto and it was called The Shop. The Shop. Yep, and it was a post office, it was Beautiful. a grocery store and you had to catch a bus there um, and so it's just changed a lot. We used to have horses and now where there's houses we'd ride our horses we were allowed to ride horses to the sports carnivals for school. Dead set. So we'd just ride our horse and tie it up and... At the sports Living that like real that. Aussie life, like that every other country thinks we do. They didn't even have an absentee role. That's it. <laughs> you just show up. That's you awesome. You showed up, you showed up. So, um, yeah, Campbelltown's really grown over the past couple of years especially. Yeah, it's gotten more cosmopolitan, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's certainly a lot busier. You know, it's, it's changed from what it used to be. Yeah, I've always found it very interesting. Every time I come back and visit my parents, there's always some new building being built or another tree being torn down becoming a real self-sufficient sort of area. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's gotten popular because it was, I suppose, affordable. Mm-hmm. Like, people were coming out because it was affordable and then they've started all the extra infrastructure and things like that. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to teaching for a second. You mentioned you have a son. How did you balance learning this new role, learning a new sort of industry in general, because you've gone from pathology to this, how did you learn to balance that with the family? Well, he was really the reason. Really? Okay. Because uh, he was uh, 
just the year before he started school, I think we realised that it was just it was too difficult because I used to have to work longer hours every day to build up flexi time to have off in the holidays because mm-hmm. his daycare closed in the holidays and things like that. So it was just uh, difficult. Then the lab moved, so it moved from Cogra to Wright, and I just decided that was too much travelling. Yeah, that was so, it. Um, I asked to take voluntary redundancy, um, and they approved that, and so then I started studying to do the library degree. How do you study with a kid? <laughs> well, you have to multitask. Sure. So a lot of late nights yep. uh, when they're in bed and like weekends and things like that, but you... You get quite used to it. A lot of people do it. Uh-huh. And then when I was working here, I was studying the whole time. Uh, I think my last year when I was doing my teaching one, I was working full-time and I did five subjects, five units. That's I was working full-time because otherwise I would have had to do an extra six months to do the fifth one on its You're own. You're kidding. So I didn't want to do that extra six months. So I'm struggling to study as it is right now. And I'm single. I don't have that much responsibility in regards to a family. I don't understand how you do it. Like, that's a massive balance. Family, full-time work and study. And you're picking up different degrees that you never intended on starting. How did you stay motivated? Well, motivated to... Oh, just to finish. You don't want to not finish what you start. Yeah, that's fair. And so I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed what I was learning. That makes a big difference, like... The library has always been at the back of my mind, like even when I was younger. Why is that? Well, always a book lover, always loved the library at school. Um, sort of just fell into doing the science uh-huh. degree. Uh, but always at the back of my mind, that library was there. It's just one of those environments that I feel comfortable in. I used to love going into it. And I always took my son, when, as soon as he was old enough to understand, he had a library card and we're at the library and... So it helped develop his love of books and stories. So, so I'm going to assume you love books then? I do. What's your favourite? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, to tell you the truth, I, um, I, have, I read a lot. Uh-huh. So it changes all the time. Constantly. Depending on what I'm reading. Is there a specific genre that you like then? Well, my, like, my favourite, sort of like a guilty secret, is the crime drama. The crime drama, okay. <laughs> yeah, so nice. that's my guilty secret. This is Miss Lewis. Hello. Yes. You can you're use the phone coffee. I don't know if we've got you you're on camera or not, but the you're camera good. Line. I'm loving it. I don't, know if, I don't know if you are or not. Just go for gold. It's all good. <laughs> We're seeing you guys cheat. It's great. This is like life after school. I'm always scared of coming to school after hours because I never knew what went down here. Now we know. It's Tim Tams and printing. Yeah. Loving it. Yeah, you need chocolate. <laughs> so crime drama. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So that's my girly secret. That's what I like the most. But I read a lot of different genres. Yeah. Well, I was the type of kid that had a library card just to rent the DVDs for free. <laughs> um, I didn't get a love for reading until probably two years ago. Started to understand what reading was all about and how much it affected me. Um, what do you think about reading in general then? I know you're a teacher and you've got to give a teacher's answer, but the benefit of it. Well, it, for, t- for kids, you can't be a strong writer if you're not a strong reader. Mm-hmm. Um, reading is what generates your vocabulary and develops your language skills. And without you realising it, you're building up like a word bank. Yeah. And you're learning techniques and everything of the authors you're reading. And then you can 
put that into your writing without even realising it. It's happening without them knowing. Mm-hmm. So those children that are the real reluctant readers, they don't want to read, they always find writing and generating ideas for their writing to be a little bit more challenging uh, because they don't really understand the connection. Yeah, that's awesome. With reading. But, you know, it can just transport the kids to another world. You know, it's often, you know, I introduce it to kids who, you know, are having a bit of maybe challenging time at home and things like that and it's a way for them to escape and kids that have never read before suddenly are reading these stories and, you know, saying it's helping them feel better, calmer, less anxious, yeah. things like that. Is it harder to introduce kids to books nowadays with all the tech uh, and streaming? No, not really. Not really? There's still a lot of books around and uh-huh. um, children, if they're reading, they actually prefer to be holding a book. Really? So we have iPads and things like that and they can read, but they never use the digital library. Okay. They're always wanting to go to the real library and get the real book. And so it's not harder to get a kid into reading at all then? No, it's, it's, it's the same as it's always been. You have some kids who just are born loving stories and loving books and yeah. they, you know, it's just part of them. And you have other ones that ease their way into it. And then you've got the others that never really learn to love it. They never read for recreational purposes. Mm-hmm. They'll read for school because you ask them to and they may enjoy it, but it's right down on the bottom of their list of things they do on the holidays and the weekend, 100%. which is fine. Because, you know, everyone's different. And, uh, yeah. I love it. love it. It's cool knowing that stuff. It's cool getting into that stuff. Um, now, I'm losing my train of thought yeah. here. I'm going to take a look at this. You know, yeah. you've got it in front of you. I'm going to take a look at it myself. It's our little cheat sheet, ladies and gents. We cheat a fair bit here. Um, I guess teaching. Let's go back to that because I'm, I'm very interested in it because I never became a school teacher, but I became a teacher at church. I teach kids on a weekly basis. Um, it's a love that I never knew I had. Um, but when I look back at it, I see it through my schooling years. Like if there was ever a time I had to do an oral report or I had to teach the class, it was something that always excited me. And I didn't realize that. Um, I didn't realize that I loved teaching until I was about 17 or 18 out of school, just trying different things. What's the specific trait a, ki- a person needs to become a teacher? Well, you have to be resilient. Uh-huh. You have to be thick-skinned. Okay. Because kids generally have no tact. Yeah, that's fair. So, <laughs> that's a fair call. They'll pick up on anything. Like, oh, why are your shoes different? You've got no lipstick on today. What's wrong with your hair? Didn't you brush it? <laughs> uh, that happens all the time. So, and you also, you need to be really flexible. Okay. Uh, and you need to be positive. You know, and remember that they're just kids and you're their role model. So without realising it, they're going to mimic you, they're going to watch you, uh, they're learning from you all the time. So it's not just about what you're teaching in the classroom, it's about how you're engaging with them and things like that. So you have to understand that it's more than just being in the classroom and teaching like maths or That English. subject, yeah. Um, but you do have to be resilient, you have to be flexible and you have to be positive all the time. How hard is that to keep that, not that show, but that I don't, attitude up? Look, even after all these years, I still enjoy it. Okay. And I still enjoy coming to school and my friends say, your job actually sounds fun. They give stories about the kids or things that are happening and, yep. and they, you know, they laugh. They, mm-hmm. you know, they enjoy hearing it. So uh, I still enjoy the kids and watching them and being part of it. And I still enjoy, enjoy like, um, designing lessons and writing lesson plans. Because I enjoy it, it's, I, you know, it's not a chore. You've got to make sure you still enjoy it. I've always said that to my group of teachers at church, that 
were teachers outside of the room before we are inside of the room. And what I meant by that was, like you said, kids are always watching you. They're always seeing how they can mimic you or they're learning from you about life more than they are about that subject. Um, does that put pressure on you? I don't feel the pressure. Um, maybe when you're first out of uni, you know, and you, you get those new stream teachers, maybe it's a little bit more pressure then. Mm-hmm. But I don't, any, I don't feel it at the moment. That's really cool. So I just, the day goes really fast. That's another good thing. Mm-hmm. It just flies and every day is different. Yeah. And you know that you're actually helping to change people's lives, like little people. Yeah. You know, and like you, for example, I knew you when you were little and now here you are, you're an adult, we're talking and you see that change. So I love seeing the kids when they grow up, hearing their stories and you know, what they've been doing. And Is that your favourite thing about being a teacher? It's one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like that knowing that, you know, I've been a part of that small part of their life, but nevertheless, you know, a part of their lives and watching them grow. Because mm-hmm. we go from K to 12, yeah. I still see them when they go into high school and they'll walk in the classroom, I'm hungry, do you ever see any chips? <laughs> or, I need a Band-Aid. And, you know, they know where your secret stash is or that sort of stuff. Yeah, they know where it is. Another yeah. red frog. Uh, so... <laughs> That makes, because we go up to year 12, it allows us to have that connection a little bit longer. Mm. Um, Is there something specific that you love hearing a kid say or realise in a kid's life that, yeah, I did my job there? Well, nothing specific, Mm -hmm. but it's more about, like, their attitude. When you see a light bulb click, oh, yes, I understand this now, or suddenly you can see they're starting to enjoy learning. The child who's been finding it a little bit, difficult or challenging to do something and then all of a sudden he starts to see yes I can do this I'm achieving and he starts to feel better about himself okay so as their self-esteem and their confidence builds then those skills develop after that and then when you see them just growing that's awesome uh, that's really cool well look I've taken enough of your time I'm going to end this but I end it in one way I'm going to ask you to to jump into a DeLorean and shoot yourself back 10 years okay you see Mrs. Thomas 10 years ago and you've got one piece of advice to give her. What's that piece of advice? Keep taking risks. Keep taking yeah, risks. Don't, don't sit there and just let it happen. You know, be proactive, not reactive. Love that. <laughs> Ladies and gents, keep taking risks. And I want to let you know on camera, you were a huge part of my childhood and I thank you so much for everything you did. I hear a lot about you because your mum worked with your mum. And uh, she shares her family stories and everything, and it's great to hear what you guys are all doing. It's all good stuff, I hope. <laughs> you're telling good stories about me, or you, you know, throwing me under the bus. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Um, no, we appreciate you. We thank you so much for everything you've done for our family. Ladies and gents, um, if you have kids and you're looking for a school to send them to, Sherwood Hills Christian School in Bradbury. Um, I spent a couple of years here. I loved it. Um, And you can't go wrong with a school whose motto is our best for Christ. I mean, that's as cool as it gets. Mrs. Thomas, thank you so much for talking to me. No problem. (laughs) Ladies and gents, we're back. I stuffed up. It's my fault. It's not hers. It's me. I completely forgot a very important topic that I wanted to touch, and that's teachers in general. You have a lot of teachers that are working with you, beneath you, if you'd like to say. How is it leading a group of teachers? Well, like I said, I don't consider working above them. We all work mm-hmm. together as a team. And it's just like I'm like the captain and I'm just steering. Steering a ship. ship but uh, we all work well together. So there's a great group of teachers here. All have the same goal for the kids. 
and we work and communicate well together. Yeah. And so, you know, they're just as responsible for this school being what it is as anybody else. Mm-hmm. What's important in choosing your staff members and making sure that they're part of the team? Like, for example, you chose my mum. <laughs> um, good on you because she's <laughs> top-notch. But how do you... What, what are you looking for, I guess? Uh, well, there's certain skills that you want need to have but sometimes they're secondary to just the nature of the person so that you can learn to do certain things that are school based Mm -hmm. in any job Uh, but having the right personality and understanding what our school stands for and what our priorities are that's really important Mm -hmm. and what do they bring what does the right staff member bring to your to your team well the staff like as a whole the staff there would be no school, so you wouldn't be able to function. So even kids need teachers, and so they're integral to those children learning. And as we teach by subject as well, so we're all like sort of experts in our subject. And you're bringing pieces to the puzzle that way. And so as teachers, you have to be lifelong learners. Okay. So uh, we're always constantly like learning and improving our skills. And anyone that comes to work here, that's really important, that you're willing to do that. Do you think it's detrimental to a teaching career if you're not willing to learn and grow? Yes, I do, but also more so to your own, to yourself and feeling rewarded by your career. Yeah, for sure. So if you're just stagnant and you're not like moving and you're not sort of learning and changing, then I don't think you can be really fulfilled. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um Okay, well, is there anything you want to say about your teachers? You want to throw them under the bus or say anything no. you need? I just think my teachers are great. <laughs> okay, all the staff is great Yeah, I wouldn't change them for anyone. And listen, I can attest to that. Is there anything else I've missed before we wrap this no, up one it. last time? We got it. I just sound like I was the only one working here. You're definitely not, but your team is awesome. They were great in my life, the past and present. Um, and it's so cool to see that this school is still thriving under Christ. It's so cool to see. Ladies and gents, it's done now. Go home.